When I'm low in spirit, I cry, Lord, lift me up. I want to go higher with thee. The title of this is Can a Blind Man See? I wanted to do it last week, but I was interrupted. Uh, Can a Blind Man See? I have, since 18 years old, when I got right with God, 2003, cast off the street in my bedroom, I gave my heart to Christ once and for all, and really just said, you got, you have what, I don't have anything to offer, but I offer whatever I have, you, you got it. Um, I, I like to do mechanical things, I am a, a, a really a mechanical type person, I like to do plumbing, electrical, a little engine, right now I'm into small engine repair keeping generators running, and uh, a key is ether. If you don't have ether, or what they call starting fluid. But uh, I go around trying to, carburetor cleaner in one hand, ether in another, and a spark plug in my teeth. But uh, cleaning out float bowls and, and trying to get people some water. But I like mechanic. My favorite thing to do in life is work with my hands. I did floor covering for 17 years. Enjoyed every day. Well, maybe every day, almost every day. But uh, God said he wanted me to be in the ministry in a more of a clerical, uh, behind-the-desk office, and I do not like that. That is not who I am. And I said, God, I'll go where you want me to go and be what you want me to be, but, man, I'd really rather not be a pastor or preacher. He said, no, that's what I want you to do. Made it real clear in my life, and I said, okay, I'll do it. It was a big deal to me to make that decision. Uh, I haven't, by the way, it wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be, but uh, you don't stay in very good physical shape, that's for sure. It's hard to stay in good shape behind a desk, but God has used uh, this, uh, this person that wasn't, felt like he wasn't equipped at all to do what he's called me to do, and God has used it. What I saw, what I've realized is God is not me, and so God likes to use you if you don't think you can do it. Well, I began to witness to people and, and bumped into numbers of Jehovah Witnesses, had a neighbor of Jehovah Witness, and began to think that maybe through my uh, knowledge of the Bible, through my reasoning ability, I could help them. Uh, I also met numbers of Mormons and thought by my reasoning ability and my uh, logical ability, biblically, I could help them. I could out-proof uh, text them. I didn't work out too good, never does. Then I tried, uh, I've talked to Islamics, uh, sat down and reasoned with them. Uh, and it just didn't seem like I got very far with many of those folks. I, I felt like I did what God wanted me to do, show the Word of God. It was just a few weeks ago, I was sitting down with another Islamic man, a man that was a programmer for Microsoft and made over six figures and, and um, smart young man, Indian by birth. Um, he was uh, Islamic uh, by faith, by choice. He was Hindu, then he converted to Islam. And so he, but he was quite an analytical individual. And he and I kind of went at it for a couple hours about Jesus and who Jesus was. And everything is about who Jesus is. If Jesus is who the Bible says he is, then he's God manifest in the flesh. He's not a God. He's not part of a God. He's not... Uh, uh, he is God, manifest in the flesh. That's the part they stumble over. 
because they don't mind calling him a good man. They don't mind even calling him uh, a supernatural creature, a supernatural being, a created uh, angel like Michael uh, or Gabriel. They don't mind even saying maybe he's a cherubim, but a cherub, I mean. But, you know, they will not. They, they swallow real hard when you say, no, he is God. Theos, manifest in the flesh. He created everything that is seen and unseen, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. He, Jesus Christ, created it all. That's where they say, I just cannot accept that. But, and so, but I don't know many of you that have reasoned with people through the years. You go away from those meetings frustrated. that They just don't see it. What you saw and received and know is true, they are blind to. And then the Holy Spirit whispered to me a little bit. And I, I prepared this and put it together. Take your Bibles to John chapter 3, 1 through 12. I'm going to, and it was, like, it was like a light. I mean, it's, this is not, if I ever preach new truth, it's probably heresy. But this is truth that, as a believer, every one of us needs to grasp onto this this morning. This will save you hours and hours and hours of fruitless debating. You are not going to really win someone to Christ by debating them. Uh, because, and I'm going to tell you why, the same reason Jesus uh, didn't debate this guy in John chapter 3, which we've gone over this passage through the years many times, this is another view of this that uh, I hope will help you. I'm going to read the whole 12 verses real quickly, and then we'll do a little uh, explanation. There was a man of Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, that's a respectful term, doctor, teacher. We know that thou art a teacher uh, come from God, uh, for no man can do these miracles except that thou doest, except God be with him. That's big. And Jesus said unto him, verily, verily, and, and it's like your wife calling, saying, Bill, Bill. Uh, when she says it once, it's important. When she says it twice, you lift up your head. A verily, verily means, listen to this. I say unto you, except a man be born again. And I want you to underline the next three words or highlight them. He cannot see. He cannot see. Didn't say he didn't want to see. He said he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old and enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That just reinforces what Jesus just said. Uh, Nicodemus is rabbit trailing to some completely different idea. He doesn't see what Jesus just said. Verily, verily, again, there it is again. I say to thee, except he's repeating himself. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. You're born physically, you're in water. Spiritually, you're born of the Spirit. You've got to be born physically and spiritually. He cannot, he, he what? He cannot, man under, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. How many here this morning want to go and enter in someday the kingdom of God. Would you raise your hand? 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must, must be born again. And I love this next one. The wind bloweth where it listeth, or where it willeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. Thou canst not tell whence it come, cometh, or whither it goeth, so is everyone is born of the Spirit. We just heard some wind, amen. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are thou a master of Israel? Knowest not these things? This old boy was not just your average player. When Jesus calls somebody a master, must be really at the top of his game. And again, barely, barely. This is your wife telling you, man, I told you once, I've told you twice. We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? Father, open our eyes. If there be anybody here this morning that fits in this category, Nicodemus, may their eyes be open. But may we as Christians, our eyes be open. How we are to deal with the unsaved people that we run into all the time, the waitresses, the clerks, the gas station attendants, the employees, employers that we bump in with, all of the folks we bump to. May, Lord God, we deal with them the way you dealt with Nicodemus. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to examine the first these 12 verses a little bit. First of all, let's, let's start out. Nicodemus was highly educated. I mean, he was a master. He knew the law of Moses and the Bible of the day, 39 books of the Old Testament. Let me try to define what this means. In some cases, this meant that they had memorized the Old Testament. And you, you know, you go, whoa. These were not your average smart people. These were super smart people. These were photographic memory type folks which I think before TV there probably were more of. Uh, photographic memory type. I've been around them. How many here have known some people with photographic memory? A few of you? I had a couple teachers, one of Bob Jones and one of Pensacola. Both of them had absolutely photographic memories. They would, they would allow us to test them in the morning when we first came into class. We would quote a verse, and they would quote the verse before it and a verse after it. Now, brother, we would pick some obscure verses because we were trying to stump them publicly. We never stumped them. It, it was just, they, uh, they could quote, in a book they read, they could say page 36 about in the middle, it started this paragraph, and they could quote, didn't have the book in front of them. And so there are people actually like Nicodemus even today. But this, these people were, and, this, and, and it's like this, if Nicodemus... With all these gifts of intelligence and education and, and understanding and logic doesn't get this. I don't think you and I are going to out-reason the guy, out-scripture out quote the guy, out-play the guy. So how, is this, how are you going to win a guy like Nicodemus? You're going to win him like Jesus, I believe, won him. He had, this guy was no dummy. He had all the academics. He had the techno babble. He was a quick, sharp mind. He was a good memory. He knew something was up. He knew something was up. 
Jesus was not your average guy. The miracles, he said, we know that nobody can do these miracles except God be with him. I know, I know God's in this thing. Jesus came to Nicodemus from an angle that he did not expect, absolutely from left field, as they say. And I think we need this morning to really, and I hope I, I can transmit this and the Holy Spirit will take what I say and make it clear to you that this is the way you should start with everybody you meet and quit, letting, quit allowing them people to rabbit trail us all over the place and waste our time because if they don't get what Jesus is talking about here, they're not going to understand all the rest. He says, I think Jesus is basically saying here, you don't need Nicodemus more human ability. You don't need more brain power. You don't need more technobabble, Nicodemus. You need spiritual birth. Why? To see what you need to see. How can a man be born again when he's old? Nicodemus, you're missing the whole point. You're missing it. You're thinking I'm talking about physical birth, and I'm in a completely another area because without this spiritual birth, you're not going to be able to understand anything I have to say. Why? Because if you don't understand these simple earthly things, you can never understand heavenly things that I try to tell you. They're way above you. They're not, you cannot see them. Jesus seeks to explain where Nicodemus is blind in verses 5 through 8. How frustrating is it trying to describe what a rose looks like to a blind person? How frustrating is it to try to describe the beauty of a sunset to a blind person? Uh, Jesus defines to Nicodemus two worlds. He said there's a world of the flesh. That's what we live in now, and we understand pretty well. But he says there's another world. There's a world of the spirit. And he said, Nicodemus, the spirit world inherits the spirit. And the flesh world inherits the flesh. And these two don't meet. They don't cohabitate together. Uh, there's something radical, Nicodemus, has to happen to you so that you will understand what I'm talking about. Something from a place, Nicodemus, that you don't even see because you are blind. And it only comes from God. Now, one of, it's, it's, it's progress if you realize you're blind to spiritual things. That's progress. It's progress when you realize you're blind to spiritual things. You've got to get that. Nor, you're not going to see the things of the Bible unless you have spiritual eyes to see them. The physical, here, the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons and the, and the Seventh-day Adventists and all these cults are a product of people with physical understanding trying to interpret a spiritual book. You want to know the mystery of cults, why there are so many? It's because they are trying to understand a spiritual book through physical understanding and reasoning, and, and that's what they come up with. Whoa, man can't be born twice out of a... In other words, they're not going to get it. They come up with this craziest doctrine. 
I mean, Joseph Smith came up with the craziest. This angel Moroni came up with his golden tablets and the lost tribes of Israel. You couldn't invent that stuff. Still today, we are on the same discourse and we struggle with people as Jesus is wrestling here with Nicodemus. Still today, ignorantly, we keep making the same mistake. I've made it over and over again. We keep trying to make a blind man see. We make great efforts to explain and describe spiritual things by means of our reasoning, by means of our intelligence, by means of our academics, by means of our Bible knowledge. But often, and most of the time in these cases, we fail miserably at the end of that. I've sat down with Joe Witnesses for over five hours at a time, six hours at a time, and left feeling like I, was le I had less progress than when I started. So we look at Jesus here uh, after debating hours with people and not having too many results. And this, the last one that tipped it all when the Holy Spirit kind of whispered to me on that thing was that Islamic I had in my office. Smart man, intelligent man, could understood terminology, knew some even some Greek, and he, he, just, he, he was just like, what are you talking about? And I go, I'm thinking, I know something he don't know. I'm trying to help him know something that I know that he don't know, and we're not getting anywhere. Why? He's got to get the eyes first. You got to get new eyes. You got So the Holy Spirit kind of talked to me and said, Bill, Quit talking about the techno stuff and start talking about him getting new eyes. And said, when you meet a Joe Witness, quit talking about whether the physical resurrection, no physical resurrection, whether there's a hell, there's not a hell, whether, talk about being born again. Talk about being born again because without new birth, they're never, and I say the word never, going to see it. Because just like a blind man is never going to see a sunset, just like a blind man is never going to see a rose, so a spiritually blind person is never going to understand the Bible. They're not going to get it. Well, let me, let me, let me kind of go to a, like four things. Let me bring it up. First of all, you have to get new eyes. You have to see. How do you see spiritual things? How do you see spiritual things? Biblically, how do you see spiritual things? The Spirit of God, right? Well, let me give you some proof text. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 through 14. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of, is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Bingo. How are we going to know the things of God? Spirit of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This is the key. Most people memorize this verse. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why don't they? Because they're foolishness unto him, neither can they know them. Neither can they know them. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. In other words, you see it spiritually or you don't see it. God's got to open your eyes so that you see Jesus Christ dying on that old rugged cross for your sins, reconciling you to God, making God making peace with God in, in both directions. God 
of reconciling to you and you reconciling to God and, and all of the things that you, many of you take for granted as born-again believers that surely everybody, you know things that Nicodemus did not know. Secondly, God places the Spirit of God in us who wrote the Bible to teach us. Proof text, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know you not that the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? You are the temple of God, the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 6.19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you are of God, and you are not your own? Proof text. The Holy Spirit. How many here this morning say the Spirit of God dwells in me? I know it. There's, there's more than, now, I know it, number one, because the Bible says it. How about that? I believe the Bible. I'm not a signs and wonder guy. I like them, but I'm not going to live on signs and wonders. I'm living on the validity of the Word of God. I believe if I never saw a sign that what God said is so. So he said, the Holy Spirit's coming in me. The Holy Spirit came in me. But I have had some signs, actually. The Spirit of God has witnessed with my spirit that I'm his. Uh, let me give you some of those approved texts about that. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, But you are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ... He's none of his. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the Spirit of God teaches us. He also leads us. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So I believe by faith, on the written word of God, that I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost, but I also believe in somewhat of experiential knowledge because the Spirit of God in me has testified by leading me and by talking to me that He's there. Amen? Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Now, by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration. And I like the last part, renewing of the Holy Ghost. God, the Holy Spirit has come in and renewed me. I have a new appetite. Yeah. When I, before, before Christ, I had an appetite to fulfill the flesh. Now I've been given an appetite to fulfill the Spirit. The Word of God in conjunction with the Holy Spirit then births us into His family. It gives us life. It gives us understanding. It gives us the ability to see. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Once, lastly, once the new birth happens, we receive the Holy Ghost, which wrote the Bible. He unlocks all of the mysteries of this book to us. In other words, what could not be seen by the, one of the smartest men maybe that ever lived, Nicodemus, I don't know. He was a smart guy. Can be seen by old brother Bill. Not so smart. Uh, what is held away from uh, a programmer uh, that knows all kinds of technical information and has a good memory is revealed to little Billy. I can see it. Why? 
because you got to have spiritual eyes. Nobody gets into this book without the Holy Ghost. You can read it. Oh, the physical world, the physical man, the fleshly man, they can read it and come up with Catholicism. They can read it and come up with liberal Methodism. They can read it and come up with liberal uh, this or liberal that. Uh, uh, Joe Witness, all these different cults. They can, they can pervert this book a hundred different ways. You want to know why there's so many different churches? Because the flesh sees this book a hundred different ways. But the Spirit of God doesn't. The Spirit of God doesn't. I can go anywhere in the world and find a born-again believer that truly is born from heaven, and we agree 95% right down the line. I'll leave 5% just for human reasons. But 95% will go down. I've been, I've been in different parts of the world, met born-again believers. I say, do you believe Jesus was virgin born? They'll say, yes, I do. Do you believe Jesus is coming back again? They say, yes, I do. Do you believe Jesus was, was God manifest in the flesh? They'll say, yes, I do. Do you believe that Jesus was physically, bodily uh, resurrected from the dead? They'll say, oh, preacher, I believe it. They're from Africa. They're from South America. They're from Russia. They're from Mongolia. They're from, and yeah, they haven't gone to school, but they've been born of the spirit of the living God by simple childlike re repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And when they saw Jesus dying for having died for them and been buried for them and resurrected and now offers them eternal life through simple childlike faith, just as simple as the thief on the cross that said, please remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now, you know, we Baptists, we struggle with that old boy getting saved. I'm just saying, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. We want to theologically go, that is, doesn't include this, it doesn't include that, it doesn't include that. But I can tell you, Jesus knowing the heart, it must include everything that needs to be included. He tells Nicodemus, if you get born from heaven, you're going to get new eyes. And when you get new eyes, you're going to see what I'm talking about. You're, it's going to make sense to you. And, and you're, going to, you're going to believe in my deity. You're going to believe in vir my virgin birth. You're going to believe that the scriptures are inspired. You're going to believe in my bodily resurrection. You're going to believe in, that I created all that is that, that was created. You're going to, by the way, you're going to believe in the, in the six-day literal creation of the world. Jesus said, and my son sent me this text. I appreciate when he's so spiritual, sent me spiritual text. It always makes me happy. He sends me a, a verse out of John chapter 5, I think it's 26, where he says, if Jesus said, if you don't believe what Moses said, you're not going to believe about me. And, and he said, well, that means if you don't believe the creation, because Moses wrote the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, Genesis being one of those. He said, you don't believe Genesis and the account of Genesis, you ain't going to be able to believe that I am who I am. Brother, amen, kick your feet together. Going, and he says, he said, Nicodemus, you're going to believe the miracles of the Bible. I don't have any trouble with Jonah and a big and a big whale, fish, whatever you want to call it. I don't have any trouble with Noah and a worldwide flood and everybody dying except for those eight people. It's wild and crazy, but I believe it. I don't have any trouble in Jesus stopping a funeral procession 
and, and, and telling the boy and, and to get up, and he, he raises up, and he's alive, and he restores back to his mama. I don't have trouble with that. But, brother, you go to that, you go to the average blind man that's religious, who, like Nicodemus, doesn't have spiritual eyes, and you talk about that stuff, and they will tell you, oh, now, 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 you really believe that that happened that way? Or don't you think through the years as the story was passed down that it was embellished a little bit, you know, here, and embellished a little bit there? And, you know, don't you believe that as this thing went down the road, people changed this or changed that? And do you really think that these words are the words that Jesus spoke? Why, Jesus didn't even do half of the stuff that's in the New Testament. That's a blind man trying to describe a sunset. That's a blind man trying to describe a rose to you. He'll come up with the craziest things you've ever seen in your life. Why? He's never seen it. He's never seen the rose. He's never seen it. But brother, through, and oh, this is the beautiful part about this. God has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith. You don't have to have a Ph.D. to be born again. You don't have to have a good memory to be born again. And everybody said, some of you barely remember where the church was, haven't missed a Sunday. You, by the way, that was only the second Sunday we didn't hold services for 37 years. And I wanted to hold them, but I wanted to. I, when God whispered to me this, I'm, I'm, I'm putting everything, all my theological expertise into this Islamic guy. And he's batting this stuff away from him as fast as I can throw it at him. He's just boom, 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 boom. I'm thinking, oh, I got to quit this. I got to start talking about being born again. And if the boy don't get born again, none of the rest of the theology makes any difference. Nicodemus, you smart boy. Oh, you smart. But if you don't get this born again thing, you ain't getting it. You're not. In fact, Jesus said, and you, you saw it and read it with me, you're not even going to see the kingdom. You're not even going to see it. Nonetheless, enter into it. You're not even going to get to see it. Hell's a dark place, a place of darkness. Pitch black dark. By the way, darkness. I, I have, you may not know this, but I'm a deep, deeply in my heart, I'm an environmentalist. And I think it ought to be law that all the lights have to be turned out at 10 o'clock at night. At when, this, when, when, when God came by and turned our lights out, I saw the Milky Way at my house. I haven't seen the Milky Way at my house since I moved out here because all you people got your lights on. And you are, they call it light pollution. And for a few nights out there, I rejoiced in the thing. I could see stars that I had never seen before. And there's a place called the darkest place in the United States. It's out west. How many have been there? Anybody been to the darkest place? The darkest place in the United States. How many have been here? You been there? 
Yeah, there's a sign that says the darkest place in the United States in Canyonlands, and I'm, this is free, Canyonlands, that's a national park. If you go the northern entrance, no, it's the southern, there's two entrances, the northern entrance, southern entrance. You've got to drive 30 miles into Canyonlands to go to the entrance of the park. When you get to the entrance of the park, you go down another seven miles, and you come to one of the darkest places in the United States, and they got these these things in a circle that you lay back on so that you can look up and see the Milky Way and the stars. Now imagine, Abraham, that's what he saw. Because there's no electricity. And there was no, there was no light pollution. I'm thankful for electricity. Don't get me wrong. I don't have it at my house, but someday maybe I'll get it. And all of you, if you want to, can sleep here in the church tonight. We got air. As long as you clean up. But, man, Nicodemus had to see. Why don't you, hey, why don't you quit arguing with your relatives about, about all the techno stuff? Why don't you tell, start telling them, you will never see it if you don't accept Christ as your Savior. Let's just deal, let's, let's make the big thing, let's make, you've heard this, let's make the main thing the main thing. How about we just talk about being born again, about repenting of your sins, the fact that you're a sinner, unable to save yourself. How about we talk about that? How about in, in God's eyes, the only offering he ever offered was Jesus Christ, and he propitiated your sins. He, he shed his blood, and it was enough to have your sins all forgiven. Would you say by faith that Jesus is who he said he is and resurrected from the dead? And would you by faith say, I believe? And Jesus said, I like that old boy that came in the temple beating his chest. He was a sinner. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He was so ashamed of himself. He knew he was a sinner. He said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus pointed to him and he tells his disciples, he says, see that guy? That man went to his house justified. Justified means forgiven. God's not looking for more smart people. He's looking for some humble people that will admit their sinners unable to save themselves and admit he is who he said he was and did what he said he did and trust him by simple childlike faith. And when you do that, God will give you new eyes. Let you see. He'll let you see. He'll let you see wondrous things. Out of the word of God. He'll let you see the new Jerusalem. High and lifted up. He'll let you see. The future. He'll let you see what the world, how the world is going to end. It will be global warming. But it'll not be what they're teaching. The Bible says the elements will burn with fervent heat. H is going to separate from O2. And hydrogen and oxygen are both very flammable. And God's going to torch this thing. But it won't be from industry. Man, he's going to let you see 
Now, I don't know a greater privilege than to be able to see. Uh, we have some people, Marty here today. He lives on the beach, and they, Marty and Marcia, and they, live, they see sunsets. I'm, I'm jealous of that whole thing. They live right on the beach, that big old glass windows facing. I wasn't too jealous this last week. Facing the water. And, you know, imagine that they get to see sunset after sunset after sunset after sunset. And the green spot. You've seen the green spot a few times? You've seen the green spot. I've seen it a couple times. And dear one, the people we're walking around and with are blind. They're blind. It's not about out-reasoning them or out-explaining them. These people need to be born again. I've determined, I'm not, I'm not even, uh, you say, well, you got knowledge of the Bible, preacher. I have some knowledge of the Bible, and it's by grace, and I can reason, but I'm going to tell you, no matter what weapons I may have in my arsenal, I can't break through blindness. Jesus was God. Manifest the flesh, and Nicodemus comes to him. He could have told Nicodemus all kinds of technical stuff. He's baby simple. Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Nicodemus, barely, barely. Got to be born again. Got to be born again, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, got to be born again. He said, if you don't get born again and get the Holy Spirit and spiritualize, you're never going to see this and you're never going to enter it, in, enter into it. And you're here today. And if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and been born from heaven, you're never going to get to see it, and you're never going to enter in. It'll never make sense to you. You'll walk away out of here this morning saying, them guys are crazy. I can't believe it. And you'll, and you'll miss it. Don't miss it. Father, help us this morning. From heaven come. Witness to us. Touch some eyes. Touch some eyes this morning that they may see. Touch some blind eyes. Help us in this life to walk around helping people, helping blind people to see. May we point them to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who can give them sight. Father, forgive us where we've rabbit trailed, gone off into things that they could never see if they did. If we could explain it well enough for them to see it, they still wouldn't understand the meaning. Father, help us. We pray to go back to Jesus in the new birth, the gospel. Not to ever leave the gospel. The power of God under salvation. That's what it said. The Bible says it. The word of God, the power. It is the power of God. Under salvation. Father, help us. May there be some in this room to say, it's time for me to see. I want to see. I'm a sinner unable to save myself by any amount of good works. No institution is going to save me. No creed's going to save me. No pastor's going to save me. No water's going to save me. No baptism is going to save me. No communion is going to save me. Only my simple childlike faith in what Jesus did for me on the old rugged cross. That he was God manifest in the flesh. He did die. He, did, he was buried. He did resurrect from the dead for my sins. And I, by simple childlike faith right now, accept him as my Savior. I, I believe. I believe. Help thou my unbelief. If that's you, we're going to sing a couple of verses in a moment. Why don't you come let us talk to you. We'll not harm you. We'll not harm you. We'll just talk to you about what happened to us, and you can share what's happening to you.
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.